Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Welcome to RSG uh, special edition. Um, I'm here with uh, uh, you know, our regular here on uh, RSG. And, you know, I felt like uh, in these um, very trying times, um, you know, I wanted to tap into folks that I know who are just, uh, I, I feel as very thoughtful individuals, um, you know, as we, you know, continue to, you know, think about the impact that, um, uh, the coronavirus is having on society, but um, we've definitely seen the impact as it relates to the, the world of sports. Um, and so um, it was important for me to, you know, to bring people on that I, I felt like could come at from a different angle. And uh, today we are blessed uh, to have a good friend of our show and uh, uh, who has contributed and helped us uh, along the way. Uh, Dougie Fisher was the editor-in-chief of Ring uh, magazine and uh, ringtv.com. Thank you, Dougie, for being with us today. Still muted? Yeah, I got you I'm on muted. right now. You know, we got you going. We, yeah, Thanks, we don't bro. want to shut you out. <laughs> yeah, not yet, anyways. No, yeah. not yet. Um, no, thank you for being <laughs> with, with us today. And, um, you know, um, I, I guess I, I want to begin, given that, you know, home for you is Southern California, it's LA. Yeah. Uh, you know, that area has been through a lot. I mean, when you think about uh, the fires, you think about uh, the passing of Kobe Bryant and yeah. the tragedy of that related to that. And then, you know, now, um, you know, we're, we're dealing with a pandemic here yeah. that taking, you know, us, us all to the core. Can you just talk about it as someone in that community, you know, just what it's been like over the past few months leading up to now? It's been a rough couple of months. It's been a rough series of months, as a matter of fact. It almost, it kind of reminds me when I first moved out here. I moved out here in the early 90s, um, in 93, and it, it was just after the riots. And uh, the, the greater L.A. area, all of L.A. County, it was still reeling from the effects um, of the riots. Um, and people were still on edge um, and a little bit fearful. Um and I was, I, was, I was a general assignment reporter for a community newspaper serving much of the community that was devastated by the riots. So I was very, I was acutely aware of it. And at the same time, in Malibu, they had fires and mudslides. Um, maybe five months after I, I, I moved in, I moved to, to L.A., uh, there was a North Ridge earthquake. Um, and then the, the O.J. Simpson murder trial and um you know this is all from like mid mid 93 to, to through 94 and it was rough and it was um it was a lot of turmoil you know um and uh and difficult i mean and i, I had even thought about leaving la you know and actually if um a girl that i liked at the time that i'd gone to to undergraduate uh school you know undergraduate college with who was out here uh pursuing a master's at LA she not been out here I would have left and you know we're married now but um a, a plane crash an accident that was that was such a downer it was so depressing and for a brief period 
It was kind of like boxing was an escape, at least for me. The people that I know in the boxing community that were hit hard with, by the, the, the Kobe uh, tragedy, that, that heavyweight rematch in Las Vegas, that was a really big event, and it felt like a big event, um, and kind of had a, a shocking outcome with Tyson Fury coming strong the way he did. Um, and then the following uh, Saturday, there was a big card um, that was streamed on DAZN, uh, one of my favorite fighters of all time, uh, Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez, sort of turned mm -hmm. back the clock uh, and got a victory and regained uh, a world title. And that was a feel-good story. And you felt pretty good. This is, you know, we're, we're coming out of uh, February and looking forward to the month of March and the big fights that were lined up in the spring. And it's looking good. You know, you got, uh, you know, Canelo returning against Somebody, it turns out it's going to be um, Billy Joe Saunders and the monster, Nioa Inouye, returning to the United States, um, fighting another champion in uh, John Real Casimero uh, at the Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. Um, the, we were close to the announcement of the Vasily Lomachenko, Teofimo Lopez, lightweight championship that would take place in New York, May 30th. Um, and there were fights locally that, you know, I was going to be a part of as a commentator, you know, for the stream, whether it's Thompson boxing, uh, it was supposed to be March 14th, this past Saturday, uh, or, uh, Thursday night fights, golden boy uh, show that streamed on zone as well as the ring TV website on March 19, uh, and then Virgil Ortiz jr. Headlining a card here in my hometown in Inglewood, uh, on March 28th. And um, I think it was this past Thursday. Well, actually, it started with an announcement from the governor, mm -hmm. um, an emergency press conference from the mm -hmm. California governor on Wednesday, saying that no events are going to take place uh, if they if they have if they have uh, if it's uh, an event that includes more than 250 people, uh, mm -hmm. sporting or otherwise. Mm -hmm. And um, boxing didn't react right away to that. You know, it yeah. wasn't like everything was immediately called off. You know, what happened was promoters were kind of like, oh, crap, does this mean us? You mean yes. us too? You know? And they're calling Andy Foster, the, the, the executive director of the California State Athletic Commission. And Foster's like, yeah, I think that means you. I mean, they came from the governor's office. I'll check, you know. And there's back and forth over the next 20 hours between these local promoters from Tom Loeffler to Golden Boy Promotions to Thompson Boxing and others in upstate um, California. Uh, and the answer eventually was yes. And, and, and by Thursday, um, you had the official cancellation of the Thompson Boxing Show, three Golden Boy Promotions cards that were scheduled for the month of March. Um, and uh, it was like a domino effect. Um, then you hear... Uh, in New York City, these shows that uh, Top Rank was putting on, headlined by Shakur Stevenson and uh, Michael Conlon uh, for St. Patrick's Day in New York City, you're hearing that there's not going to be an audience, but the show will go on. And then by the end of that day, they're like, you know what? The show is not going on. These shows are, are, are postponed. And um, it, it became real. It's kind of like, yeah. what are we going to do now? And what about these shows in April? And what about the big shows in, in the month of May. What about Canelo, Billy Joe Saunders? It has not been officially announced yet. What about Lomachenko Lopez? That's a big show. That's a big card. It's Madison Square Garden, the big room. Lightweight yeah. championship of the world, a unification fight. The Boxing Riders Awards dinner was, was going to be either the week of the Canelo fight or the week of the Lomachenko fight. Um, 
So a lot of boxing writers like myself, you know, we're planning. We're definitely going to be there for these fights. Um, and now we don't know whether to book our, our, our flights and make, make travel arrangements because um, it, these, these shows are not likely to be announced. And if there is an announcement, let's say next week or the week after, it's probably going to be that these, these shows are postponed. So boxing as a whole in the United States, but also elsewhere. I mean, Japan canceled all their events last month. Um, and uh, Latvia just, just announced that. And that's, they were hosting the, um, the World Boxing Super Series Cruiserweight Final. Um, that's, been, that's been moved back. So many in shows in, in every state, in Canada. Um, the UK is the one region right now that has yet to postpone a major card but that could happen you know for the, yeah. for the time being there's a bunch of major uk shows um taking place uh, in the month of uh, april and and may and they're still on as far as we know but um that's the only jurisdiction i can think of that has not canceled um big time boxing as you know you know you cover all sports a lot yeah. of sporting events are postponed and i haven't i haven't experienced anything like this since um yeah. Weeks after 9-11. Yeah. That's the last and, and, time I can think we're just across no. the board. Okay, there's not gonna be there's no sporting events, at least for yeah. a couple of weeks, and that's what happened. The exception yeah. being boxing, as a matter of fact. Now that I think about it, there was a, a Fernando Vargas headline show at the Mandalay Bay the first weekend after 9-11. First or second weekend after 9-11. And uh, I was a lot younger then. I was 30, 31 years old, and Steve yeah. Kim was in his late 20s. And um, we went ahead and covered it. But most people, it was like it is now, you know, they didn't want to leave. They didn't want to travel. Um, yeah. And they were afraid to go to public events for fear of some kind of terrorist attack. Yeah. And we went because we were young and crazy. And we went to the Mandalay Bay, and it was like a ghost town. It was a ghost casino. There was nobody yeah. there. It was very, it was very eerie. It was surreal and things didn't feel back to normal until a fight that was postponed because of nine 11 took place two or three weeks later. And that was uh, the middleweight unification showdown between Bernard Hopkins and Felix Trinidad, Trinidad at, uh, at, Man at uh, Madison square garden in New York city that was impacted the most by these terrorist attacks. And it was sort of like a show of defiance. Like, you know, the show will go on, and New Yorkers are not going to be intimidated and um, life is going to return back to normal. But it was still a strange, yeah. it was still a strange atmosphere that night. And, you know, and an all time great performance by Bernard Hopkins, an all time great boxing clinic, kind of kind of solidifying his greatness, at least as a middleweight at the time, by becoming undisputed. But it was a uh, it was intense. It was a very emotional night. Mm. And um Leading up to the main event, there was still like this nervousness because there was all these rumors like something's definitely going to happen because this, the, the city of New York is being defiant and they had all those first responders there, yeah. you know, the, the emergency crews and the firefighters and the police officers that had responded to the attacks on, on the Twin Towers. They were there and there were a lot of people saying, you know, that Don King, the, the lead promoter for that and HBO, um, you know, which was basically bankrolling the, the middleweight tournament. They, they, there was a lot of criticism, like, you guys shouldn't do this because you're putting everybody at risk. So it was very intense, yeah. but yeah. nothing happened, but, you know, uh, in an amazing performance by Hopkins. Yeah. And it seemed like after that, things kind of relaxed just a little bit, you know, things calmed down a little bit. 
but this is different. This is this is this is not just an epidemic. It's not just here in the United States. It's yeah. a pandemic. Yeah, yeah. That's right. It's happening worldwide. And, and, and so, so this everyone that I talk to, they, they say it might get worse before it gets better. So you're thinking about these fights that have not been officially postponed yet, you know, scheduled for, for, for or tentatively scheduled in the months of May and even June. They might postpone. They might get canceled because um, here in the United States, you know, people haven't really been tested in mass. Yes. So we don't know when it when it when folks really start to get tested and we find out how many people actually have the coronavirus, yeah. there's gonna be another scare. People are like, oh crap, it's worse than I thought. All these people yeah. got it. I'm not leaving my house. It's great, yeah. you know, that might happen. I mean, hopefully it yeah. doesn't, but it's serious, you know, because yeah. I mean, hey, schools are closing. Yeah. I mean, that right there, you know, when when kids aren't going to school, yeah, that's uh that's serious. And when you think about it, one of the things that, you know, we saw, you know, obviously things accelerate, uh, accelerated once Rudy Gobert, uh, you know, the all-star uh, center for Utah Jazz um, was right. tested positive. Things started accelerating. And what we found with that acceleration is that um, the organizational structures of different sports allowed them to respond mm-hmm. a different way and more efficiently. Yeah. But sports that, right. you know, basically independent contractors in many different ways struggle to find kind of a unifying approach for, for people for now. And that's boxing. Understand, yeah. We don't understand that's boxing. And it's regulated. It's regulated by yes. commissions. Yes. And who are those commissions beholden to? Are they, you know, cause on, yes. on, some, on some areas, the, 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 the mandate to, to cancel events came from the city, came from like the mayor's office, like in New York yeah. City, that came from the yeah. mayor's office, you know, yeah. here in California, it came from the governor's office. Yeah. And it, and then some states didn't make, you know, had yet to make that determination. And it really came down to the promoter, like M- Michelle Rosado with her show that she was planning in um, the, the Philly special in Philadelphia. Yeah. And then it came down, okay, you know, it, it's for the safety of the fighters, but yeah. I know there were promoters like Tom Loeffler was in discussions with Andy Foster yeah. with the, the California commission. And he was saying like, well, I got a show, I got a club show that's scheduled on March 29. And, um, you know, it's in a small venue, you know, it, you know, maybe holds about 800, but what if we scale it down to like just VIPs and it's definitely under 200, you know, could we still go ahead and they go kind of back and forth and finally they're like, no, you know, you can't yeah, do yeah. it. You know? So it's not like you, they don't have in boxing. It's not the immediate response that you would have from the NBA because it yeah. was pretty quick at the NBA. Once those yeah. uh, players with the Utah Jazz tested positive, it's kind of like this game is canceled. And you know what? You know, the season's on hold for right now, you know. And yeah, you see it, You see in Nevada that the commission, I think they postponed to the 25th, but they didn't, right. they didn't do it with the idea of, 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 of impacting any major events including ufc so the yeah. the first event is like the 28th yeah um, obviously at the end of the day the commission in each of these states holds the power right yeah. so, uh even from a sports standpoint um do you see i mean do you see you you know you talked about the commissions and some some of these entities doing what's it not always in the best who, who are they working with or not necessarily working for for I know Nevada is like a standard. So um, 
how do you see that playing out? Because you got some major events coming up here and, you know, Nevada is that place, you know, obviously they're that, that, that kind of the Mecca for combat sports right now between the UFC being the home there, plus major fights. Yeah. For I mean, you know, that commission, how do you see them navigating some of this stuff, given uh, the role that Vegas and betting and all, I mean, we, we think about the whole betting infrastructure when there's no events, there's nothing to bet on. Yeah. No things to bet on, but right. Major part of that, of that industry. How do you see them navigating that? Well, I, I think they're going to work with the, the major promoters, particularly those promoters who were there. Mm-hmm. So Dana White of, uh, you know, of the UFC, he's there. And the UFC has this huge, you know, multi-million dollar state-of-the-art facility, training facility where, you know, mm-hmm. fighters will train and they'll live. And they have their own TV studio where they can mm-hmm. stay. They could, they could do, a, you know, a UFC series, you know, right out of that facility or whatever. So I think, you know, they don't want to lose that business. Uh, they'll obviously talk to Bob Arum and, and, and Todd DeBuff of Top Rank. And if, if they can work something out where they can keep those events there in, in Las Vegas, they'll do that. But the, the casino industry is still going to take a hit because of the paranoia right now. You know, yeah. people still don't understand this virus. Um, and, and, you know, uh, Americans are like anybody else. They tend to panic when they don't understand something and they don't know what's up yet and they hear all kind of rumors and stuff like that. Um, so that industry is going to take a hit. And even if those, sh- those shows continue, they may, you know, they may be held in TV studios. Bob Arum is on record saying the, the Inouye Casimero fight, you know, the monsters return to the U S that's was to take place at Mandalay Bay. And then they were talking about, Oh, we'll take it out of the event center and put it in a ballroom and have a very small audience. And now, uh, Aram is talking about just doing it in a TV studio. Um, and I think maybe that works for in because in doesn't have a dedicated fan base mm-hmm. here in the U S you know, in just became a huge star in Japan as, as awesome as he is mm-hmm. and amazing talent and champion that he is. He wasn't like the, the big star in Japan, like the middleweight guy. Um, Morata is Morata's a yeah. big star because he was an Olympic champion. He's kind of rare for a Japanese fighter and that he's pretty big, you know, and, and, He's a huge star. He put butts in the seats. Not until recently, not until that um, that showdown that Inouye had with Nonino Donaire, did yeah. he fill out a big venue. I think you know, he fought in a venue that held in Saitama uh, that held 20,000. But, he, you know, here in America, Inouye's known amongst hardcore fight fans, but he's not, he's not like a Canelo, right? Yeah. So he's not like he brings a huge fan base anyway. So they weren't expecting a huge crowd. But that Inouye fight, the, the, the whole thing of bringing Inouye to the United States was uh, his, his top ranks deal with ESPN. They yeah. signed Inouye because he's a top talent. He's an elite pound for pound level fighter and he's exciting, but it yeah. makes for good TV. So that was really for, for, for top rank. All they need to do is get the fighter here and he's on his way. I hear, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and if they just do it in a TV studio with just commentators and you know you know the just the the fight camps and the you know the families or whatever just a small group you know the commissioners obviously um as long as it's on espn then bob arum is fulfilling uh his responsibilities to the network that's his deal his deal he's beholden to the network he has a multi-year multi-million deal deal with his network the same thing with the pbc with fox it's not like these aren't one-offs between the, the promoters, it's not like it used to be with HBO and Showtime, yeah. where they're open for business and a promoter comes to them and say, hey, I got a great fight. Do you want to buy it? 
and HBO says, I'll pass. And then Showtime says, well, I'll take it, you know, or they go yeah. to Showtime and say, uh, you know, how much will you pay for this? You know, and Showtime says, I could pay this much. Like, well, you know, HBO pays more. We're going over there, you know, and it's, they're just little one-offs. These are, yeah. these are multi-year, uh, multi-million dollar deals, you know, so PBC has that with Showtime and with Fox and they've got to deliver. Yeah. They've got to deliver or, and the same thing with, with Matchroom Boxing and uh, Matchroom USA and um, Golden Boy Promotions with The Zone. They have multi-fight deals. They have to deliver 10, 10 major events a year. That's like, that's Golden Boy's deal with, with The Zone, not including uh, two big fights with Canelo Alvarez. So they have to deliver those. So they got to figure something out. Um, the dilemma that Golden Boy and Matchroom have with the Canelo Alvarez Billy Saunders fight is that part of the zone's ability to pay Canelo Alvarez what they're paying him per fight, regardless of opponent, is that gate. And same thing with Golden Boy. A lot of the money, the revenue that they take in from these events, it comes from the live gate because Canelo is a bona fide attraction. He, unlike Inouye, Canelo has a dedicated fan base. And his gates do a lot of money. You know, Canelo fights in Texas and he's doing 50,000 plus at Jerry's World in Dallas. That's a huge gate. When he's fighting Triple G and selling out the T-Mobile Arena, they're doing record gates. That, that's a gate. That's like the number three or number four um, top gate um, in Nevada state history. That's mm -hmm. a lot of money. And the sponsors that are involved with that promoter and directly with that fighter, like Tecate, that the, the reason they sponsor Canelo individually is because of all those butts he puts in the seats because of that live event. There's all kind of parties and VIP events that are staged around a Canelo Alvarez fight, which is part of why it has to be on a Mexican holiday, you yeah. know, whether it's Cinco de Mayo week, uh, weekend or Mexican Independence Weekend, you know? There's a lot of other events that take place the week of a Canelo Alvarez fight um, that have, um, like, 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 big stars, big, like, music stars in the, the, the Latino world, you know, Spanish-language, yeah. Mexican stars that, you know, that, that Tecate sponsors them all together. Um, okay. And it's great for the company, it's great for their brand. But part of that sponsorship is is having that live audience there. So mm -hmm. they can't just do it. And they're not going to do Canelo Saunders in a studio. No. That doesn't make sense. So you got to think Canelo Saunders is in jeopardy of being pushed back. And when, how far do they push it back? What do they do? You know, they, and, they have and, a dilemma and, there. And one of the things, I mean, we hit the business side, but one thing about combat sports, I mean, you sit ringside, you've been around. I mean... You got to exchange the fluids with a with a virus that's a droplet virus. Right. In the safety of the of the, you know, we hear a lot of these uh, other sports also talk about the safety of their most precious part of their their, their businesses, their 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 athletes. That's right. And boxing it feels like where it's probably should. We think about someone like Canelo, <laughs> where you know how much he's worth to the business that oh he gosh, yeah. like you know. With like Fortnite protection, uh, in a, yeah. In, in well, that like you know, that's what I heard. That's what I heard was you know the final straw for those shows mm. in New York City because Aram yeah. wanted he wanted the shows to continue and just say, hey, yeah. we just won't have fans there, okay? 
Because yeah. again, he's thinking about his deal with ESPN. I have yes. to do, and he's also thinking about his contract with the fighters. He has to yeah. advance yeah. careers. It's Shakur Stevenson. I mean, yeah, they, they only get paid no, when they. There's play. a lot of potential yeah. there, yeah. and he wants to get Stevenson to this big unification match with Josh Warrington. And part of that is this fight that uh, Stevenson had scheduled with uh, Miguel Mariaga. And Mariaga was going to be a test. You know, he's a, a former title challenger, a tough guy, a lot of experience. And that was going to be just another step in getting Stevenson to that sort of elite level. He's already a, a world champion at this young age, but they want to get him to that elite level. People start to look at him as like a pound for pound level fighter um, and then move him up in weight, move him to 130 and 135, you know. So they got to they got to keep him active. They can't do that if the kid ain't fighting. Yeah. So, but at the same time, you've got to keep Shakur Stevenson safe. And there was no test available. There was no test available to test these fighters for the coronavirus. So it was the best thing to do, not to have those fights. And in boxing, a fighter is tested for HIV, the HIV virus, and a fighter is tested for for hepatitis. And actually, hepatitis is more contagious between two combatants than, than um, depending on what kind of hepatitis it is. And they test for all of them, A, B, and C. Yeah. And one of them, you know, you could get airborne, you know, if yeah. you just, you know, the, the, there's some that's just um, sexually transmitted in its blood or whatever, but there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a strain of hepatitis that you can get if somebody sneezes in your face. So yeah. you think about two fighters, even if they're not exchanging blood, you punch a guy in his chest, that spray goes right out into your eyes, those mucous yeah. membranes, and you yeah. can catch stuff that's that's contagious like that. And in fact, hepatitis in the past has canceled entire cards. I remember Don King had a card either in the, I think it was the late 90s or early 2000s. It was a bunch of heavyweights. Henry Akinwande was on that card. Ray Mercer was on that card. There was some other heavyweights. It was one of his all heavyweight card. I think it was taking mm -hmm. place in New York City. But all these heavyweights had like the same sparring partners and somebody had hepatitis. Mm. And they, they gave it to each other. They mm. gave it like few, you know, they all had the, they all sparring with the same dudes. Yeah. And they all and I know I remember this. Akinwande got it and maybe, and you kids at home, you can Google this maybe. Mm. Uh Reagan Mercer got it too, and the whole mm. car got got uh wow. Boshed, yeah, that was so. So, so like a, a an airborne an airborne virus like hepatitis or the coronavirus that can spread pretty quickly among um, combat athletes. So um, they got to get tested before we move forward. Like we got to make sure that that everybody involved, you know, not, and not just not just the fighters, but their corners and the commissioners have to yep. be in there and the doctors yep. and all. They got to make sure that they are coronavirus free. Well, hey, I, I want to thank you for coming to spend time with this. But, you know, I didn't have a chance to talk to you about this fight. We, you know, we're going to close on just you breaking down. But obviously with the Fury and Wilder fight, I mean, the way wow. the way it happened, I think, surprised a lot of folks. Um, surprised me? You yes. Know, and, I liked, and, and I liked Fury. Yes, I was a Fury yes. guy going in there. And, and I... And I I wasn't one of those guys that were, um, you know, when he weighed in heavy, like I believed him when he said he was going to weigh in heavy because he looked big. He always looked big, but he looked big, you know. But when he weighed in heavy, I was one of them guys that thought that was good for Fury. 
and bad for for Wilder when Wilder weighed in a career high because I don't know why Wild Wilder's got power when he when he weighs in at, at two twelve. So yeah. I didn't know why Wilder came in at two thirty one. I was no, like, I, that was good at all. I thought that meant that Fury was in Wilder's head because yes. Fury was saying for weeks, "I'm coming in heavy, I'm coming in heavy," yeah. and I think that on Wilder's side, that Wilder's like, "Well, then if you're coming in heavy, I'm going to come in heavy." And to yes. me, he's reacting to Fury when that's Fury's game. Yes. Um. My final, t- but, but anyway, so, so, but I was thinking Fury weighing heavy, that just meant he was going to tie him up on the inside and lean on him. Yeah. Because that was a Manny Stewart thing and yeah. being trained by Stewart's nephew, Sugar Hill. So I was thinking, okay, they're going to do that. But I thought he was going to fight the same way he fought in the first fight, but just yeah. put a little bit more, you know, have a little bit better, sharper technique with his jab yeah. and his straight right. You know, I thought Sugar yeah. Hill would be good in, in straightening up the punches. So I thought he'd get a little bit more authority on his punches, but he would still do, he would stick with what got him there, which yeah. is stick and move and be kind of twitchy, you know, with the feints. Yeah. You know what? He still had those feints, but he came forward, which was such a surprise. Yeah. And it was a surprise of how effective it was. But um, you, you want to know what my takeaway is What's from it? that rematch and even the build up to it? And I, I was there in Vegas, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And I noticed it's each day I was there. And there were things I was hearing from insiders all the way up to the morning of the afternoon of the fight. I was hearing people from insiders on the wilder side as making me think it ain't, it, it ain't looking good for Deontay, but my final takeaway, and I wrote about this in the cover story uh, for, for the, the latest ring magazine with the, you see Tyson Fury. On. Here we go. Got the green belt, which he never had. And he regained the ring magazine belt. Not too shabby. That's why I was there. I had the ring magazine belt. I had to make sure he got this. After the <laughs> but um, um, my final takeaway take is that um, Fury is all wrong for Deontay Wilder. It's not just style-wise, but psychologically, Fury does something to Deontay. Mm-hmm. It's under his skin in a, in a negative way. Um, and, uh, I think Wilder's really got his work cut out for him for bout number three. Yeah, and I felt like schedule. Who knows if that happens this summer? Hopefully, back to normal by July. But who knows? What's amazing about that as well that Fury, you know, by all accounts, he was effective in the first fight. Yeah, I thought so. I felt like you look at it, you think Wilder actually needs Sugar Hill, right? It's 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 like you're right. Sugar Hill is is Wilder. The person he yeah, needs yeah. in the corner with Fury, you know. The you know what though? I kind of, I kind of feel like he needs a, he needs a psychologist though. Yeah, he gets probably. worked up. He, you know, he by nature he's a live wire. He's a puncher. Yeah. He's a live yeah. wire. Yeah, and he's emotional. Yes, you know, Trinidad was like that. He was very passionate, and he yeah. had that rapport with his fans. Yes, and Tito. He loved it. He loved having his fans there. And he beat his chest, man. When he see it, they, they go, Tito, Tito, Tito. And yeah. Viva Puerto Rico. And he beat his chest. He's like, I'm doing this for you. Yeah. And Deontay's the same way with his fans. Yeah. But a, 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 a psychologist, like a, a guy who's good at psych warfare, like a Bernard Hopkins, can get into that puncher's head. That's right. And I'm telling you, man, Bernard Hopkins did that in the buildup to that showdown. Now, I talked about being postponed by 9-11. Yeah. Bernard Hopkins got into Tito's head by slapping the, the Puerto Rican flag out of his hands. Mm. Tito, Tito drew a line in the sand and said, you will not dare knock this 
flag from my hand when we go to Puerto Rico because I did a multi-city tour. And Bernard was crazy enough to do it in Miami. And there's yes. a lot of Puerto Ricans. And Bernard was crazy enough to do it there. Bernard said, I'm definitely not going to knock your hands. Bernard did that. And Tito, I swear to God, he was flabbergasted. Like, he didn't hit Bernard or nothing. He was just like, oh, my God, you did this. And it's yes. like, he didn't even know what to say. And before he could say anything, the crowd started to charge the stage. It was a public press conference. Mm-hmm. And Bernard and his team were literally chased out of Puerto Rico. They were chased <laughs> out of that arena. They got to a roof and jumped in a helicopter that took them back to the, the airport. And they got the hell out of that island. Mm. But they, I mean, they barely escaped. They, I'm telling you, talk wow. to one day, ask them about, they barely escaped with their lives. Mm. But it was, you know what Bernard told me later, it was worth it because he owned Tito. From that point, yeah. Tito's, he's, his constituency, his fans, his people, they were like, you have to kill this guy. Yeah. You have to, you have to regain our honor. You have yeah. to get revenge. You got to knock this dude out no matter what, Tito. You can't even take this dude to distance. That's right. I mean, it's not enough to ruin him like you did the other guy from Philadelphia. That's right. David Reed, you got to knock this dude out cold. That's a lot of, <laughs> it was a lot of pressure on Tito. Then you add the events of 9-11 and Tito was trapped there in New York City. He couldn't get back to the island. Bernard was able to go back to Philly. You know what I mean? Just get in the car and drive to Philly and chill. Yeah. And it was, it made the, I think it, it was, listen, Bernard was probably going to beat him regardless that night, but yeah. Tito was messed up going in there. And yeah. I really felt like in the, in the rematch of this fight, Wilder had a lot on his shoulders. I mean, he, to yeah. me, he's very tense. Yeah. And I had heard about that from people um, that, you know, you know, were working with the PBC and people that they had around team Wilder. And they said, Wilder's too keyed up and he's doing too many, he's, he's doing too much media. And he's doing too much media interaction on his own via social mm. media, fans. And he was, he, you need to relax. You know, yes. the hard work is done in, 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 the, in, the, in the gym, in a training camp. And then fight week, you're going to have obligations. So you yeah. got to save your energy. And mm. you can't get too, and emotional fighters have to be very careful about this. And I'll give you one more example. Um, uh, Fernando Vargas, before he fought both Tito and Oscar, He's a very yes. emotional dude. He and wants very to be emotional. a lawyer. And he, and he put Mexico on his shoulders. He yeah. ain't even from Mexico. I mean, listen, he was <laughs> on the U.S. Olympic team in 1996. He's yes, a right. teammate with Floyd Mayweather, you know what I mean? <laughs> but but he, was, he had taken on this persona like, I am super Mex. I am yeah. Mexico. And I mean, right up to the night, the, not the night of the, the, even the morning of both of those fights, Fernando's got an entourage of 30 or 40 people and he's parading around with a big Mexican flag mm. parading around the Mandalay Bay, like Mexico, Mex-. it's like, dude, you got to relax. Tito was relaxing. Oscar was relaxing in his tweet. He was taking it easy, you know, mm. and, and Vargas, it, the emotion is good for him when he, when he contains it and controls it and lets it out in the ring. It's yeah. bad for him when he's emotional and his connection with his fans is so much to where he puts undue stress on his body and he mm. goes in there and he forgets his game plan. Mm. You got to control a, a professional fighter, an elite level fighter controls his emotions. And I think that's the, that's the key to Wilder. It's like, uh, I know everyone's saying he needs a, he needs a good trainer. I think he needs a kind of needs like a therapist, man. He needs like a psychologist to be like, 
you got to calm down and, 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 and don't worry about it. And just, just look at it as a fight and follow your game plan or whatever. Because honestly, he's got good people around him. I mean, listen, um, uh, Mark Breland is, 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 uh, he could teach you how to use that height and that jab. Mark yeah. Breland was amazing with yeah. his jab in the right hand as an amateur, let alone yeah. a professional. And he's friends with Malik Scott. Yeah. who's a former heavyweight prospect slash French contender. Yeah. And I remember covering Malik Scott. Malik Scott's got a hell of a jab. Yeah. He understands the jab. He understands distance. Yeah. It's like these guys could, and I'm sure these guys are talking to him, but, but Wilder got to listen to him. Yeah. You got to humble yeah. them. He, he, he might need, he might need someone like Virgil Hill is always. Maybe. Yeah. Right. He's kind of like a psychologist trainer, you know, Virgil like, is always in that mind, you know, but yeah, you're right. Right about controlling emotions. Well, hey man, this has been everything I thought it would be. Thank you. You know, it's it's in these times that you got to be in fellowship, and you know, I feel good. I'm, I was able to just connect with you a little bit, and yeah, anytime. You know, be safe. Uh, hug your family, and uh, you know, yeah. until until next time, brother. Take care. I'll be washing my hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. All right. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.